radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Agile FM. Today I have, uh, I think, the second time uh, with me, Dave West, product owner at Scrum.org. And I have some exciting news because today um, there is a uh, big announcement to be made between Scrum.org and McKinsey about a paper that was developed um, between those two organizations and predominantly, obviously, uh, Dave West on the Scrum.org side. The title of that paper is How to Select and Develop People, um, Individuals for Successful Agile Teams, a Practical Guide. But before we start talking about that, uh, welcome to the podcast, Dave. Oh, thanks, Joe, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Awesome, yeah, this is exciting news uh, <laughs> be because uh, that is a paper that has been in the making for quite some time, and uh, a lot of thorough work went into this. And uh, But before we get started talking about the paper, and there's a lot of metrics and data points you have and have uh, written about in this paper, um, how many people have participated in that survey and how long was the range and the radius of all that work? So let me just put some context for the for the listeners, Joe. So, yeah, you're right. McKinsey and Scrum.org started working together uh, probably, I don't know, over a year ago now. And we we're really interested in a very simple question. Um, and it's a question that McKinsey consultants get you know they they obviously are in these executive change programs in some of the largest organizations in the world that you, you, we all know McKinsey and their, their brand it's mm -hmm. certainly they are the the firm aren't they when it comes to organizational change so um you've got the, they've been their clients have been asking and scrum.org you know I, I potter around the world um you know in all sorts of interesting places and this is asked by sea levels a lot in in a lot of the organizations we're talking about a simple question right mm -hmm. simple question Question. is everybody in my organization going to be right for agile and that, that that question started some interesting sort of research now McKinsey Thura is that sort of middle name and so we managed to build a team where we had uh, people psychiatrists uh, psychologists I always get this wrong you know I'm no mm -hmm. no sociologist psychiatrist okay. so you know but mm -hmm. we had this um, and I think sociologists or uh, type person you know PhD um, uh, Ivy League right. you know sort of person Abby uh, she's on mm -hmm. on the uh, author list she came and helped us we got a couple of partners from from McKinsey all super super smart people People. And we started working out, okay, so how do we answer this question? It seems really simple, right? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, Scrum.org has a community, a community of these professional Scrum trainers. You, you are one, Joe. You I know. am one, yes. Um, I know. I'm after much <laughs> pain and swearing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I don't <laughs> mean to share that with you, but it, it was definitely, what do you mean? I can't know. But no, but so we have Joe, who's one as well. So we reached out to this community and we gave a very detailed, comprehensive sort of psychological test of your customers so talking not about you but talking about the traits that you see in your customers and and we did and it was quite a comprehensive hard you know some of our PSTs who are also very thorough and dare I say a little bit on the spectrum sometimes they respond they were like this is ridiculously complicated you know this is what happened anyway and they sort of sent these really long diet you know long reviews anyway so uh, um, over 50 people um, uh, answered this this very detailed survey about their customers so each of them were talking about between five between two 
and like 12 different customers and we had mechanisms to do that so and then we then did deep dives on some of those with some of those people detailedly talking about their customers etc so small relatively small sample but remember that our trainers are out talking to lots of organizations and we captured that as part of the process Mm -hmm. because what's interesting about this research and you know and and please um, listeners you know download it read it don't trust you know me and joe um obviously you know take your own links from it what's interesting about this research is remember we apparently and this is with a lot of help you can't ask questions you can ask people you can find out your personalities your work values of an individual but when you start asking questions about what are the best work values and it becomes very tainted quite quickly so that's the reason why we use this mechanism of of our our trainers who are out there um talking Mm -hmm. to lots of organizations anyway it's a really interesting study and uh we got some kind of surprising data in from it which we'll i i hope talk about now of course exactly so one one of the things i found fascinating uh in this paper and that really shows a little bit of the agile mindset um that is part of this it says how to select and develop, right? So it's not just selecting, it's developing as well. So that has the, the premise almost of people we're bringing and selecting are not necessarily complete, right? So, mm. um, so even if you have staff and you would say, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, part of that study is there is a career path and there is something uh, that is important. Um, why, this, why this is in the paper, that there is developing aspect in it. Why was that so important? When did this come so, in and, and uh, how does this all shape up? That this is not just a selection process, that's also a development process. Now, I have to thank McKinsey for this because and Jesper, who was, who was uh, one of the guys working on it with me. So I was initially very much like, oh, well, let's start at the beginning and just look at hiring and just look at the interviews. And, you know, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, if you're creating these teams and he pushed very hard. And, and there was a lot of research that we did uh, that some of it's not in this because we just had too much data, mm-hmm. uh, which will hopefully come out in, in subsequent papers. But um, he found that majority of people that we talked to believed quite deeply that everybody has value and that ultimately if you make behaviors transparent – um, yeah, so, you know, personality behaviors, that sort of stuff, transparent. If you make the, you know, the, the, the impact of those transparent, and if you reward, measure, incentivize, support in a different way, you can ultimately change the personalities, not necessarily deeply of who people are, because we're not arrogant enough to believe that, you know, mm. you can coach your way to, you know, coaching psychopaths normally end up not very mm. good. You know, we can't, you can't <laughs> change lions, you know, the beaver and the, and the, what was it? it well, the, the, what is it? The, uh, the otter and the, oh and the, the <laughs> scorpion, you know, across the river and the scorpion stings the otter and they all drown, you know, oh you can't change people, but ultimately you can change the way they behave in the context of the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, out of that it was kind of interesting that was that was a surprise to me most people believe that you can and we we now next thing we want to actually prove you can and then we'll build out even more stuff around that but just by making things transparent so mm-hmm. a great example is around uh, agreeableness ambiguity you know those sort of characteristics mm-hmm. become really really important and let's, let's talk about those right let's let's step back here and look at these two and why don't we start with the ambiguity first? Because we, somehow this, this podcast episode has to peak, right? And uh, 
and maybe we take the agreeableness uh, towards the yeah 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 after okay, that. Well, but the the ability to handle ambiguity that's one of the things um, that that really uh, stood out in this report and um, that's not necessarily new in the agile in the IT world. No. And and I think that, you know, complex problems, it requires you to, you know, learn as you go, incrementally, empirically, understand the problem, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not a surprise. So we added that. So we initially started with the big five um, mm-hmm. um, uh, personality traits. So so broadly, the, the report talks about two types of, um, you know, historic psychological testing, one of which is the, the big five personality traits. We added ambiguity to that because we thought it was an important important addition that wasn't currently covered and then then work values uh, of which we added a couple of things in in there as well and we'll talk more about that in a second when we look at personality because that's probably the most obvious and you know it's, I, I started with that in the we started with that in the report because it was so interesting when we we found of now we said, well, you've got to better handle ambiguity to work in our team. And everybody agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody agreed with that. So it was, doesn't really come as a surprise. What What is um, more of a surprise is the way in which we manage around that. You know, ultimately, we all accept that it's really important we deal with ambiguity, but we don't accept that other people can give us ambiguous answers, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we say, we know that it's very important for you to do, deal with ambiguity. Crucial. Um, but when's it going to be finished? Yeah. <laughs> we say um, we don't what we want. You know, we we seek answers to questions that we know are almost unanswerable. We pressure teams to give us data on things that we know ultimately is ill advised. We you know, we we create an environment that doesn't support ambiguity. We don't even look for people that can support ambiguity. We expect that they can mm. now. And, and this is sort of really sort of a deep fundamental change. Now, you know, uh, Joe, that I talk a lot about the work of Carlita Perez, the uh, economist mm. who talks about tech bubbles. I'm you know, very into her work. She's awesome. And even though I understand about 5% of it, um, I'm hoping it's going to make me smarter. And one thing that she talks about is we're leaving the age of mass production. She also mm-hmm. talks about oil as well, but we'll we're not talking about energy. So right. the way that has a huge implication on change. But anyway, but you know, for mass production to this age, digital age, or she calls it CIIT or something, mm-hmm. uh, computers, information technology and knowledge workers, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. sort of that stuff. But it doesn't really matter. We're moving. So and we all know that mass production is not about ambiguity. You know, one of the biggest challenges, most organizations rely on their process and reduced amount of variance in the line. So they hire people that they believe will just get work done. They'll follow the process. They'll do the rules, particularly in more junior positions. Mm -hmm. And then they give them situations that have large amounts of variability and the unknown, therefore requiring ambiguity, right? The ability you're like, oh, well, it could be this. It could be that. Let's go with something and see what we learn. Now, that puts people in a very difficult position. So so what was interesting was that ultimately, you know, that everybody believes it's really important. They get it. But they don't necessarily. Their behavior does not follow that. Uh, and that, that's kind that's of interesting. An interesting. That is interesting. Yes, absolutely. The big surprise of the study and uh, is and it's even called the secret sauce for an agile <laughs> team member <laughs> is the high level of agreeableness. This, yeah. this is really a surprise to me, too. Um, because usually it's, you know, healthy debates, competitive ideas, usually 
bring out very, very creative um, solutions, let's put it this way. Um, but yeah. but wh what, why does it seem that the high level of agreeableness, or maybe, maybe that's something I, I misunderstood? Yeah, so it's interesting. So I, I automatically think of agreeableness as a pretty as a negative thing, really. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about followers. I think about people that you know, yes men, as as we say in in, yeah. in England. You know, yes people. You know that that kind of behaviour. You know, um, that that ultimately isn't the personality trait. And uh, you know, we had very smart people working on this survey to make sure that we asked the right questions to not to get the right answers. And what's, what the personality trait is all about is, is it, yes, it does have some of those characteristics, but ultimately what it's about is yes and, not yes, but. Mm. It's about positive support for other people's ideas, creating an environment that ultimately is psychologically safe, uh, building trust. Now, what's interesting is well, as, as we explored this a little bit, I actually did some research of my own. I actually read a few things, um, painful mm. as it was, Joe, but I was yeah. doing my best, you know. Um, <laughs> I read a few things. And one very interesting New York Times article, which then led me to a really good, not that New York Times isn't good, it's awesome, obviously, but it led me to a really interesting um, supporting article. It was a thing called Project Aristotle by Google. So they, they did this detailed analysis on what built high-performance teams, expecting to find, you know, everyone's got a PhD in mathematics and Blah, 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 you know, because this yeah. is Google, you know, they, they're um, um, very smart people, right? Yeah. And they found it wasn't at all like that. The smartest teams did not necessarily give us the most performance. The most stupid teams did not necessarily give us the worst. What we found was an, a number of characteristics, but one characteristic is similar to this. It's a, it's a psychological safety. Um, being kind, creating an environment, supporting. And, and the other thing that's interesting is, and I think this is about the creative you, you said something that I thought was really uh, something that I would have said, and I still say it by mistake, is, you know, people challenge each other. They create a competitive environment mm. for ideas. Ultimately, when you challenge somebody, that implies a level of aggression, right? You, you yeah. challenge aggressive, right? It that puts people out yeah. mm -hmm. a series of hormones in your body, in your brain that actually reduces creativity and artistic responses it, re it actually reduces your ability to find the best solution. It produces the ability to find the quickest solution. The mm -hmm. strongest and loudest will be successful, but it doesn't so say the best. And that is super interesting. Now, I know this is a bit mm -hmm. hippie. You know, I apologize, listeners. <laughs> you know, I can, you know, get your joysticks out, um, put your caftan on. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if anyone knows what caftan is, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's We're not talking about, hey, man, everybody's got to be nice all the time. It's not about being nice, though ultimately it's about being kind. It's about believing in other people. It's about respecting other people's ideas. It's about listening. Mm -hmm. It's about trying to understand where they come from as opposed to trying to tell them why it's wrong. So Ken Schwaber, you know, my, my mentor and, and the, the chairman of, of Scrum.org, the founder of Scrum.org. I remember I was working with him once and uh, and he he chastised me. And when Ken chastised you, it's like mm. being beaten up. But anyway, yeah. I was responding. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about it? He goes, hang on a minute. Yes, but why do you keep telling me I'm wrong? I, did you actually understand what I'm saying? I'm like, well, of course, I know I was agreeing with you. He goes, no, you weren't. You were actually trying to have me, give me your opinion about something. You weren't listening to me. Mm. I was like, oh, you're probably right. Damn it. Yeah. 
So ultimately, yes, you're right. Requires, I, yeah, so, yeah, it requires yeah. very good listening skills as well, right? And, uh, and, and picking up on those things. The, the agreeableness, is that also related to, um, you know, the advantage of, you know, agile and more experiments to possibly let go on an idea and being agreeable and say like, you know what, the worst thing that can happen is that we're detouring somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, I think ultimately by building the environment where everybody feels like they can hear each other's opinions, where everybody knows that yeah. people are ultimately got their best interests at heart. If they're created an environment that is competitive, but competitive for the team to succeed rather than the individual to succeed in spite of the team. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times do you see, and, and, and Joe, maybe you're fortunate because you know, you, you, you're so successful. You can probably just pick your oh. clients whenever you want. Oh, but but ultimately, Dave. how many times do you see <laughs> clients where they build these environments where you're in a team, but ultimately you reward individuals? You're in a team, but you know it's a bit like the difference between act. When mm. I, when I when I wanted to be on the stage, I remember a very good actor saying to me, friend who be, actually became an actor, a jobbing actor, not a superstar, but um, Etienne Dutoy. He said to me, he goes, you know the difference between ballerinas and actors. Ballerinas, you always the understudies always want the prima donna to break her leg. Actors always want the 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 main person to do really well and for the show to get back bigger. Oh. And that's the difference. Yeah. And and I don't know if that's true of ballerinas. It was just Etienne being Etienne. Uh, I mean, what a fabulous name. Who else could he be? But the um, but I thought it was really interesting mm -hmm. and. And I, I just think it's the sort of like this competitive culture that we are, particularly in the US. I know Europe's a little different and people are much, how can I say, sort of more supportive. <laughs> um, in America, we call them socialists. But, uh, yeah. but you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just really interesting. I, I, yeah. I think there's, a, there's something to be had here. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we definitely want to see it. So this article came out today. We want to see what kind of feedback there is to it. This word definitely has something in it, which is maybe possibly misleading for others and go exactly what you described as the hippie kind of movement. It's like everything's going to be just fine, right? Um, there is the yes and, right? So that, that piece I think we have. I think every listener out there who, who is, has listened now to, to you for a little bit knows that you are totally an introvert, right? <laughs> yes, I'm totally an introvert. Right. So, yes. but the funny thing is, in that study, uh, there's also something about product owners. You are the product owner of Scrum.org. Yeah. And uh, product owners have an easier time as an extrovert. So, that that must just play right in your head. I think, I, I mean, yes, the study did, disc I mean, it I didn't really surprise me and maybe we, and that's something we need to explore a little bit more because we do know a number of product owners that are very successful as introverts. However, it's harder for them, mm. I think. And it's not that people can't, and by the way, you know, listeners, do not, and, and Joe, do not think that we're saying you can only be of this type to be an agile person. Right. What we're doing is we're just identifying some characteristics. And I think what you said at the start, I think Joe's super important, that all of these things are just things to watch for, things that we can learn from, things that we can, you know, get better on. They're not necessarily, and I think that's super, super important. They're not like you can only be of this type. And the same is tr true of the product owner and that, that extrovert, introvert mm. thing. What we find is the great product owners spend a lot of time talking to people. Great product owners spend a great deal of time going out into the field. Ultimately, a product has customers. 
it, it has customers and funders or investors as mm -hmm. you know if you're going to think of an entrepreneurial kind of model if you think about that that that's sets of people to get your energy, you, you have to spend a lot of time as a product owner with those people. If you're an introvert, it makes it incredibly difficult to spend that time with them. It doesn't mean that it's impossible. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. There's many people I know that are introverts that are actually very good in front of people and very good with people. Mm. But what I, what, what, it's exhausting for them. And, and I think it's easier as an extrovert, you know, in the same way as for a basketball player, it's easier if you're six foot ten. Mm -hmm. That does not mean you can't be a really good basketball player at five foot four. That's right. Um, as we've proven over and over again, you know, um, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that that is something that's a little contentious uh, mm -hmm. and a little bit worrying in some, in some level. Um, but uh, it also, though, the other thing that was good, and very, just to carry on that extrovert story, Joe, is that the teams don't need to all be extroverts. And one thing that I find from, you know, we train about, what, three, 4,000 people a month at, at Scrum.org, you know, our community mm -hmm. of professional Scrum trainers. And one that worries me, and some of our training is very much based on trying to make people be transparent, trying to pull out. If you look at our new PSM2 class, um, I know you, you've taught, you've been teaching it, etc. It's about getting people to share. It's about now. What's interesting about our PSM two class is the feedback we get from the trainers and the people trained. Is it's exhausting. Mm -hmm, it but is. Interestingly, mm -hmm. it's even more exhausting for the introverts because they're having to. It's a very people centric class. Mm -hmm. However, you can still be a great scrum master as an introvert. And what's also interesting is a team member, you do not need it, as this survey also proved. It's not super important for that. And sometimes I worry our classes tend to favor in terms of the energy and the learning experience extroverts. Mm -hmm. But, but the, the study, just want to make sure, right? So the study found that the, there seems to be a tendency that product owners have an easier time if they are um, extroverts, right? So, yes. So that's also very... Uh, very interesting. Just at the end, uh, uh, Dave, everything has to come to an end. We're going to finish this off here as well. Does oh. um, something about pride, the proud, <laughs> you know, like in this in this work, how you know how pride plays an important role in this uh, in this finding? Uh, it's also a little bit about maybe we can talk about product versus process, which is very interesting considering you you know you're the product owner of Scrum.org. Um, how does pride fit on into this? I I'm a strong believer of uh, yeah, of, of and, and we're we're not the we're not the only um, you know the the Dan Pink work, surprising truth, what motivates us, mm -hmm. drive. You know his his yeah. fabulous TED talk and amazing book, uh, Autonomy, Mastery, Purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what's interesting is purpose and pride, being proud of what you do. So there's two characteristics around work values that I think are super super important, and that's pride in product and customer centricity. Um, but, uh, you know, what's interesting is dev teams, uh, as we call them in, in scrum parlance or agile teams, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call them, um, they need to have pride in the work they're doing and take ownership of that and care about it. And that, and that pride is so, so important because it ultimately is, is a better motivator than any, oh, on time, on budget, you know, do, do, high quality, mm -hmm. um, Six Sigma. All of this stuff is, is great, you know, whatever. It's, 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 it, 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 it's, it's measures. But ultimately, it's that pride is what matters, isn't it? It's like, yeah. um, 
It's like it's like I, I think of it a bit like weight loss. Now, obviously, numbers on the board are the things that, you know, you stand, you're going in a way, and if you're doing Weight Watchers or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I've lost 10 pounds, I've lost 15 pounds. But ultimately, the pride is not in the numbers, you know, so not about defects, not about velocity, not about, right. it's about the outcome that it creates, and pride in the team working together, pride in those sort of things. And, you know, and as you well know, I'm a big Leicester City fan, and Leicester City is the greatest football team in the world. But one year we won the Premier League. And what was so interesting about this is when you interviewed anybody on the team, they they weren't proud of themselves. They were proud of the team. They were proud of the outcome they'd achieved. They didn't they were proud of the fans. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they were they were just it was it was really interesting that sort of behavior that came out of it but ultimately caring about your product and caring about your customer are really 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 important oh absolutely and i just want to make sure the listeners understand that by the time of the recording liverpool is heading the premier league table not, <laughs> not... i know you're a little bit of a fan <laughs> and i'm sure they're very proud as well now uh, leicester city has not been playing awesomely but i don't care because i still love them oh, and you know supporting great teams is about when they're losing or when they're winning mate exactly, <laughs> exactly. only winning that would be boring as well right i know talking about the patriots oh, oh sorry let's, let's not even get started it's, it's too fresh yeah um <laughs> Dave, thank you so much. This was a paper uh, released today, How to Select and Develop People, Individuals for Successful Agile Teams, a Practical Guide, Scrum.org and McKinsey together. That was Dave Best, product owner from Scrum.org. The link, the, all that information is uh, going to be available uh, at Scrum.org as well as at Agile FM on the show page. Uh, I'll provide all the links and uh, connect everyone uh, who's listening to this and says, I want to read about it. Thank you so much, uh, Dave. Oh, thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.